1: it is brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Coming up, star of our shows with us. He's back because you don't want to listen to me. You want to hear what's happening in the world of sports. And the man with the scoreboard updates, Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison.
2: Thank you, Coach Lovell. Final hour of the first episode of Season 30 of Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Glad to be with you, Coach Lovell, and our producer, Nathaniel Finch, tonight. It was a nice day here in downtown Indianapolis. Major League Baseball, let's recap the scores of teams of rooting interest that we have here in the state of Indiana. The Colorado Rockies and the St. Louis Cardinals have officially gone final. Nine to four win for the Colorado Rockies. I jinxed it earlier at the 1045 update saying that the Rockies hadn't scored since the fourth inning. Well, they scored again. They scored a run in the top of the ninth inning. Another... Underwhelming outing For Adam Wainwright Who was trying to get to win 200 of his MLB career He is sitting at 198 Right now He went 3 innings He gave up 7 earned runs On 9 hits He did strike out 5 His ERA on the season Is at 7.81 Offensively For the Cardinals The top 4 in the order Did not struggle Lars Nootbaar, Paul Goldschmidt Nolan Arenado And Nolan Gorman combined for 10 of the 14 hits for the Redbirds. Nolan Gorman had a pair of solo home runs and Nolan Arenado also had a solo home run. The St. Louis Cardinals are now 48 and 63 after the loss in the Colorado Rockies are 43 and 66. Chris Flexen picked up the win for the Rockies. He's now 1 and 5 on the season. This afternoon, the Atlanta Braves and the Chicago Cubs kicked off a three-game series from Wrigley Field and it was all Atlanta in this one. 8 0 win over the Cubbies to end their three game winning streak. Atlanta offensively, all nine players in the batting lineup had a hit. Ronald Acuna Jr. was the only player that had a multi hit day, and he had three. Eddie Rosario was the only batter for the Braves that did not score. Austin Riley, Sean Murphy, Marcel Ozuna each had a home run. Max Freed made his return off the injured list. Six innings, gave up three hits, and he struck out eight. The Braves... Are a whopping 33 games over 500. They are 70 and 37 on the season. The Cubs are 56 and 54. They're still scoreboard watching in Milwaukee. The Brewers are trailing the Pirates 8 to 4 as that goes in the bottom of the ninth inning. And that's key here because the Cubs would trail the Brewers by two and a half games for the first place in the National League Central. The Chicago White Sox and the Cleveland Guardians began a three-game series today from progressive fields the final three times. The two teams will play with one another, two more after today. The Guardians captured the win over the White Sox. By a score of 42, White Sox still hold the regular season series lead. They've won six of the 11 games. Logan Allen got the win tonight. He went six innings for the Guardians. Offensively, Andres Jimenez had three hits, including a home run. He scored twice, and he drove in two runs as well. The Guardians are 53 and 56. The White Sox are 43 and 67. The Tampa Bay Rays shut out the Detroit Tigers 8 0 today. The Braves, the Rays, I should say, are 22 games over 500 now. They are 67 and 45. The Tigers are 13 games under 500. They are 48 and 61. The Cincinnati Reds were leading this game against the Washington Nationals in the first of three until the top of the eighth inning. Joey Manessis had a two-run home run that tied the game at three runs apiece. Cincinnati had a chance in the bottom of the ninth inning. Nick Zell was at the plate, bases loaded and he popped out to second base to go into extras. Alexis Diaz went out for his second inning of work, gave up a double, retired the next two batters, and then Lane Thomas smacked his second home run of the game. That was a two-run home run to give the Nationals their 6-3 run. The Rens have now lost four consecutive in our 59-53. and For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back.
1: Glad you could join us. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Tonight officially begins our 30th season on the air. Thank you so much for listening to us throughout that time. And if you're just joining us, this is the most listened-to sports talk show in the history of the state. Um, As we mentioned, 30 years. Uh, Over 40 stations around the uh, state bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night. Thank you very much. Eddie Garrison doing the serious work tonight. Eddie and Nathaniel Finch. Eddie, we were talking about um, the Colts a little earlier. Oh, you, have you been to uh, been out to camp?
2: Uh, I've been out for one day. Um, I may go this weekend since they've got a, a pair of weekend practices, though.
1: They've got a game. You know, heard my conversation with Matt Taylor earlier in the night. They've got a game next weekend.
2: Yep, uh, they go to Buffalo for the first preseason game.
1: Yikes! Well, you know, Matt and I were talk- he was talking about the fact that you know. Uh, part of the CBA collective bargaining agreement um, limits the number of practices and number of workouts and games and all that. And that's, yeah. I understand. It's a difficult game. It's a, it's a very physical game. Your life expectancy in terms of career is, I think, three years, a little over three years. So it's a brutal game. Everyone understands it. Um, but it's also something that, you know, as a former coach, I would, I would. It took me a while to figure this concept out. You know, you, you only have so much in those legs and in those bodies. You only have so many reps that you can have. And so you have to limit. You have to really watch what you're doing especially on the front end, don't want to wear people down so that you don't have them on the back end and so um it it, i know it's early but still there's gonna be a lot of wear and tear on those bodies throughout the year
2: yeah and i think the one good thing that the nfl the nfl pa has done is they gone they've gone down to three games now in the preseason and they have a two-week break from that third game in the preseason until week one. So, like, the Colts' final preseason game is on Thursday, August 24th, against the Eagles, uh, and then they Mm -hmm. have 17 days off until uh, week one. So they get some time to really recoup, get their bodies right, get their minds right for week one, but at the same time, I feel like some of those players also who are getting in game shape and getting game ready for those preseason games, if they are, participate and get out of their groove a little bit so it, it, it'll be interesting to see as we this is the second year i believe of the three preseason games it'll be interesting to see this year uh, how teams adapt to it
1: what do you think of this group and we, you know obviously there's so many question marks you know when you have a um, rookie quarterback um you you always have question marks about that but you also have a situation clearly you're, you're the running back spot with Jonathan Taylor that's a question mark mm-hmm. um you had a defensive you had an offensive line that underperformed dramatically a year ago and you have a defensive unit that i think needs to Show us that they can play at the level they're capable. So you, that just—that's my observation from way, way away. Um, but what do you—what do you think of this group right now?
2: I think you hit the uh, the nail on the head with the hammer there. I mean, the biggest questions about this team right now are obviously Anthony Richardson and does Jonathan Taylor uh, suit up at all for Week One? Does he come off the pup list? And like the big question mm-hmm. I have pertaining to the Taylor front of this. Uh, what is the status of his health? Like, what is he actually on the pup list for? Right, uh, because they right. never did specify uh, if it's if it's for back, if it's for hamstring, if for it's if it's for its ankle. So I'm interested to figure out if Jonathan Taylor ever talks if he reveals why he's on the pup list, or if somebody like Chris Ballard or Shane or not Shane Steichen, he was not going to say anything. But uh, Jim Irsay, if he reveals anything on that front, but the cornerback room is another one. Very young and inexperienced. Kenny Moore is your most sure. experienced guy, and. He's a uh, slot quarterback. He's not an outside perimeter quarterback, so you've got a lot of rookies out there. Uh, Juju Brents, who the Colts say used the second-round pick on, uh, he has yet to suit up for the Colts mm-hmm. in training mm-hmm. camp, so that's not good. And Shaq Leonard is back, so you're hoping, if you're a Colts fan, that he's able to look like a shell of himself uh, when he suits up for game action, whether that's in preseason play or week one. But, uh, yeah, you hit it, the nail on the head there with the offensive line talk, the running back talk, and everything else leading up to it.
1: And we all know the nature of the NFL is very simple. If you if you have um, the in unfortunate situation of having your quarterback injured, you have a difficult – it's a difficult year. Forget everybody else. They really don't matter. If your quarterback's healthy, you got a shot. If your quarterback's healthy and makes plays, you have a real shot. So um, that's that game in a nutshell. How would I do?
2: I think you did pretty well. You've been well rested, so you've had time to encapsulate it all, bring it all in, and succinctly yeah, been. Uh, put no, it no. out there.
1: I've been well rested. I, I try to be, because I'm not young. <laughs> I'm certainly not young. <laughs> all right, Eddie Garrison. Thanks so much. Thank Coming you. up, Rob Blackman talking about Purdue football. When we come back on Indiana Sports
3: Talk.
2: With this Network Indiana, Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Big news today in college athletics. The Big Ten was already welcoming two West Coast schools in 2024 in USC and UCLA, and it was announced today by Pete Thamel and multiple other college football reporters but Pete Thamel of ESPN says that the Big Ten conference will be adding Oregon and Washington in the 2024 season and as a result of that the Pac-12 will be losing more schools the Big 12 announced that their board of directors unanimously agreed to vote in and add Arizona State Arizona and Utah For the upcoming season in 2024, none of the schools that are leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big 12 or the Big 10 will have to pay an exit fee as a result of the television contract expiring. Now, if you're wondering what's the status in the Pac-12, California, Washington State, Stanford, and Oregon State are the last four teams remaining in the Pac-12 after this season, and if my math serves me correctly... The Big Ten and the Big 12 would each have 18 teams in their conference, which would be the most of any conference in the NCAA. The Indianapolis Colts today made an addition to the running back room. They signed Kenyon Drake, per his agents at Sports Trust Advisors. He's been in the National Football League since 2016 when the Miami Dolphins drafted him in the third round. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison welcome back
1: everybody i'm bob lovell this is network indiana's indiana sports talk we continue the opener of season number 30 talking about exciting things like college football the purdue perspective is always a great one very important one to us the man who is part of the uh, purdue radio network our good friend rob blackman joins me rob thank you so much Welcome to the show, and thank you over the course of these 30 years, you've been an integral part of what we do on Friday and Saturday nights, and let me publicly thank you for taking the time, not only tonight, but throughout the, uh, the seasons, to join me. I know you've got a lot of things going on, and I always appreciate you being a part of what we do. Well, congratulations, Bob,
4: on 30 years. Ironically for me, this begins season number 20 with Purdue football, so uh, it doesn't feel like it's been 20 years, but indeed it is. <laughs> right, uh, right. There've been some highs and some lows along the way. <laughs> we're we're hoping uh, it's a season of highs under our new head coach Ryan Walters, but. Uh, yeah, looking forward to getting this thing going. Practice started on Wednesday. I was up there Wednesday to watch, and uh, I got to tell you, um, I, I did need an updated roster at practice Wednesday because <laughs> we have a whole lot of new faces, and I'm not familiar with all of them yet. So going to gonna be a, there's going to be a steep learning curve for me. I'm learning all right. these new guys that we have.
1: We last talked uh, while spring ball was going on and we talked about obviously new coach new philosophy terminology new players the portal on and on and on but there's something about energy when you bring in a new coach uh, and, a, and a new scheme and a, and a new approach to things, you know. Players are literally fighting for their careers, to, to their 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 spots. They're trying to make an impression on people. Coaches are trying to do a hundred different things at the same time. Uh, they're moving uh, literally at light speed to do all the things they're doing, uh, and with an eye toward playing uh, uh, and putting together a team. That we don't know about, we don't know about, you know, certain players. Uh, we don't know about certain schemes. What we know is uh, there's been a great emphasis on defense. There's been great success in terms of um, uh, experience uh, on the coaching side, on that defensive side of the ball, and we're excited about that much of it. I think probably the biggest thing
4: that this new staff brings, Bob, is a is a real sense of youthful exuberance, you know, you know, you're looking at a 36 year old head coach, uh, which is pretty much unheard of in the power five uh, level, but uh, you know, he, he certainly has earned this opportunity and more importantly, he surrounded himself with a whole lot of young coaches as well. I mean, Graham Harrell, the offensive coordinator is in his thirties, as is the defensive coordinator, Kevin Kane, so really, is a very young staff relates very well to the to the college age athlete, um, and they've brought a youthful enthusiasm. Uh, that even in just that first practice on Wednesday, you could really feel it. Um, and uh, I'm not I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, you know that obviously the proof is in the pudding, in And right. and how this all to you know how it all shakes out in the end, but. I can't tell you right now. There's certainly it's just exactly what you're talking about. There's this new level of enthusiasm that really seems ramped up from from any any level I've seen it in a long time with Purdue football. So that that is encouraging to see.
1: Yeah, I got started. Obviously, I coached a different sport. Uh, at a different level but i got started when i was 26 and Mm -hmm. you want to talk about youthful exuberance people thought i was on uh, some kind of drug because (laughs) i knew what i I knew what i wanted uh and i didn't understand the concept of patience Uh, i didn't certainly didn't understand the concept of uh, one step forward one step backward or two steps backward uh, it, it takes a while. I think more than anything, my advice to Coach uh, and, and his staff, uh, stay true to yourselves. Uh, you, you believe in your philosophy. Believe in your guys. You're going to screw up. And when you do, don't go crazy. You can get things <laughs> fixed. How's that for a lesson?
4: Yeah, i tell you what, one thing I like about Ryan Walters, and and, and despite the fact he's a guy in his mid thirties, he does seem to have a really good feel for, for the temperament of what it takes to be a head right. coach. Now, granted, he you know he hasn't been thrown to the fire yet, and there 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 has yet to be uh, that that uh, defining moment where things go sideways on you, and we 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 need to know how he's going to react at that point because uh, that hasn't happened yet. Obviously, I mean it's still a very New process, and, sure. And when you're the brand, new yeah, everyone loves the new head coach, as you well know, Bob. You you've done nothing wrong <laughs> right. at that point because you haven't lost a game, right? <laughs> but but when ultimately it does go sideways on him, because as you know, it happens to every even the greatest coaches of all. Uh, sure. You know, when that when that moment happens, uh, how will he handle himself and? And I hope certainly positively, but I can tell you this: at least uh, in these first few weeks, and really, of course, he joined the you know the program back in December technically and had spring goals. Right. Bowl, but, right. Uh, but now that we're into the meat of the real season, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see how things go from here because there will, there will be ebbs and flows as there always are. But he's certainly off to a great start, and, and, and all the all the feedback I've gotten from Purdue is that everyone's really pleased with him and his staff at this point.
1: Rob Blackman with us talking about Purdue football. Rob, the big thing now, obviously, as you've talked about, Coach Walters' background, as we know, is on the defensive side. But you mm-hmm. and I always have this conversation about happening with the trigger man and, you know, if you're going to win ball games, you've got a you got to have a, a solid and reliable quarterback uh, and an offense that can literally put points on the board uh, and at this point, obviously, we don't know a lot in terms of what's going to happen on that side. But there's reason, plenty of reasons, because of some of the personnel to be optimistic.
4: Yeah, and I would start with what you said, the trigger man and Hudson Card. Um, I think it's fair to say, and I'm not, this isn't me saying this, this is others that follow college football closely. The number one quarterback in the transfer mark, transfer portal this past off season was Hudson Card. Uh, and the fact that mm-hmm. he ended up at Purdue, I mean, that's a, that's a huge get for Ryan Walters right out of the gate. Um, certainly had a lot of success at Texas, uh, and we're hoping that he can do the same at Purdue. But and the one thing Coach Ryan Walters has going for him is he knows who his starting quarterback is from day one. That's going to be Hudson Card. Uh, Hudson took every single snap with the first-team offense during, uh, during a spring ball and he has taken every single snap for the first team offense here in the first three days of practice at Purdue. There is no, there is no question who the number one QB is, which, quite frankly, is, is a real step ahead in say even where Jeff Brom was when he was here at Purdue. If you think mm-hmm. back to Jeff mm-hmm. Brom's tenure, you know, other than last year going into the last season when Aiden O'Connell was clearly his starter, every other year for Coach Brom, it was always a competition in fall camp. And you never knew who the starting quarterback was going to be until, really, week one of the season. Um, That is not a concern for Ryan Walter. So being a first-time head coach, as if there aren't enough complications already involved, (laughs) one thing thing he doesn't have to be concerned about is his starting QB. And I think that just Mm -hmm. makes his life so much easier. You have a veteran guy that has proven himself at the high major level and you know he's your guy from day 1 so that that's where you're going to start with your building block uh, that's pretty good guy to start building around
1: make sure he's in bubble wrap the entire time he's off the football field because you don't want him to get hurt yeah, okay because that's my right now, that's my advice
4: <laughs> right now you got like six other guys and i'm not sure of the six who would be the backup quarterback so yes we need to keep that guy healthy no doubt about that <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, uh, I think for the obvious reasons, and and you know, uh, it's uh, it's this time. It's it, we're we're talking football now. It's hard to believe we are, uh, and once again, you know, the boilers. Uh, um, you know, in in the division they are for right now with the Big Ten. I, I like the – they can compete in this. They can. I think it's a team that can compete and win some football games. Yeah, certainly in the West,
4: you're in – of course, this is the last year of the, the East-West division. But uh, without question, that, that is the easier of the two. I don't think anyone's ever going to argue against that.
1: No, um,
4: no. And when you look, you look at that division. Uh, look, new head coach at Wisconsin, new head coach at Nebraska, and now a new head coach at Northwestern. New head coach at Purdue. That that that's a division with a whole lot of new things.
3: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips.
2: With this Indiana Sports Stock Scoreboard Updates. I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's take a look at some of the minor league teams and how they performed tonight. Starting with the Fort Wayne 10 Caps, they entered this six game series with the Great Lakes Loons after three, two games to one advantage. And after tonight, the series is all tied up at two games apiece. The Fort Wayne 10 Caps fall to the Great Lakes Loons eight to four tonight, all six first innings. Registered a run by the Loon's besides the fourth, so they scored in the first, second, third, fifth, and sixth, but they did not score in the final three. In the final four innings is when the Fort Wayne tin caps scored all of their runs. They are now fifty-one and forty-nine on the year, and the loons are sixty-two and 37 We'll get the lowdown on the South Bend Cubs game against the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers where they were victorious 5-3 to with Brendan King here in just in a moment. Earlier tonight, Howard Kelman detailed how the Gwinnett Stripers were able to come back and defeat the Indianapolis Indians tonight 5-3, to going into the bottom of the 8th. The Tribe had an advantage of three runs to two, and then the Stripers put a three spot on the board in the bottom of the 8th inning. Resulting in a five-three win for the Stripers and a 5-3 loss for the tribe, who are now fifty and fifty-five. The Stripers are forty-seven and fifty-eight. Taking a look right now at some scores in Major League Baseball, the Seattle Mariners and the Los Angeles Angels. They are tied at seven to the top of the sixth inning. The Padres and the Dodgers are in the bottom of the sixth, and the Padres now lead two to one. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison.
1: September 2nd against Fresno State for the Boilers. Uh, we don't have enough time to talk about uh, conference uh, part- uh, conference members and changes and realignment and all that. I, I have to believe that uh, everyone's heads are spinning on the campuses the- of uh, Big Ten teams around the country right now.
4: Uh, without question, I can tell you this, Bob, and I don't mind telling you this. When I was on campus Wednesday... I was told by a very Mm high-ranking athletic administrator that there was absolutely no way in the world that Washington and Oregon were going to be a part of the Big Ten. Uh, (laughs) Well, here here we are 48 hours later. <laughs> and guess who's a part of the big 10 that tells you uh, just how wild and crazy this whole uh, realignment thing is right now even the folks that think they're in the know are not in the know so uh, right. and you and I, right. you and i should be careful about even bringing this up because you know if we talk again next friday night who knows we might have added two or three more teams at that point so uh, wow what a what a, what a week it's been, quite frankly, in college athletics. And who knows, a week from now, it might be even more crazier. I'm not sure. It's it's really something right now. I don't know what else to
1: say. I worked in a conference office, as you know, uh, and I'm glad I don't do that anymore. Um, and I still have a lot of friends in that business. I've talked to some of them. Um, they have no clue. Uh, and, and everybody forgets. I know it's a football-driven situation, but you're talking about colleges who have broad-based athletic programs. How'd you like to be the golf coach at uh, Washington, and uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, and figure out trying to figure out how are we how are we playing or like a baseball coach? How are we, what kind of schedule are we? What kind of conference schedule? What are we doing? You know, so yeah. look it, like like so many things. This is my. Uh, editorial comment, and, and I'll stand by it. So many things with the NCAA. We vote on concepts without knowing details. And then when we try to figure in the details, we scratch our head and go, what were we thinking when we did it? For example, NIL. You think anybody had any idea about that? uh when i get a chance one of these days i'll tell you an interesting story behind the scenes uh about that but it's just look it's crazy thank goodness you and i are on the broadcasting side of it we're going to get paid to do games no matter what so
4: rob <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right <laughs>
1: thank you so much again for all you've done for us over the course of our time on the air We're going to have some fun in this uh season number 30 thanks for your time enjoy the weekend
4: All right, Bob. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, let's have a fun here. Uh, Season number 30
1: for you. So thanks a lot, Bob. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Rob. Rob Blackman from the Purdue Radio Network talking about the Boilers. It won't be long. We're out playing them for real. Minor League Baseball tonight. Let's talk some South Bend Cubs with the voice of the Cubs, Brendan King. Good night at the ballpark for the Cubs tonight.
0: Great night, Coach. Hey, first of all, congratulations on number thirty. Uh, I know I've not been around for all of them, but I'm proud that I'm going to be starting <laughs> year number six with you. Year six—hard to believe uh, when I get back into town. So, congratulations, yeah. Coach. Much yeah. love.
1: That is, uh, listen. I didn't. I. I didn't know that was year six. Of course, I, again, I have to be reminded it's year 30, but uh, that's cool. I'm, I'm happy you, we, you've made our show better in six years. I know that. So tell me how my Cubs get a win tonight.
0: Yeah, Coach, I'll tell you what. First of all, this is the biggest series of the year for the South Bend Cubs, and that's because South Bend is three games back of a playoff spot, held by the Peoria Chiefs currently. They're the affiliate of the Cardinals. But this week started with the current team we're playing, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. They're the affiliate of the Brewers. Uh, the week started with them being in the playoff spot. So, Coach, us mm. winning two of the first three games, it has knocked Wisconsin out of the playoff spot. Now we're technically chasing Peoria. Mm-hmm. But Coach, mm-hmm. with a month to go, for three games back, and uh, hey, Coach, you know how it goes, man. We. uh... We've won two championships in the last three years, right. and in each title, we right. were the uh, playoff team in the second half. So uh, I think this ball club knows a thing or two about winning games in the month of August, for sure.
1: Yeah, they do. And uh, I mean, the cool thing about it, the, the concept, I mean, the format allows you to literally go out there and know that every game you play is extremely important.
0: Well, absolutely, and, you know, hence these games here this week. And, you know, South Bend coach just got done with a series win at Peoria that was on the road last week. I was on the road with the guys, and it was a great series. And then taking two of the first three this week, and, you know, tonight two home runs, one from our leadoff guy, Ezekiel Pagan, the other by a big fella named Felix Stevens. Coach, he is six foot five, two 250 pounds from Cuba. And uh, the guy just mashes. It's his seventh home run with South <laughs> Bend. Been here. He's only right. been here about a month, and uh, the guy swings the bat terrifically. And he's been a great addition to the batting order. So, hey, coach. Uh, another thing about you know being entitled for a championship is that in minor league baseball, you got to get the right moves at the right time. You know, some teams lose players at key moments due right, to right. promotions. Some teams get those players, and quite frankly, over the last two championships, we've gotten a lot of good players, and right now we're getting some pretty good players on the roster, and hey, Coach, when you got the right guys, you never know what can happen, especially when you're only three back.
1: Yeah, and one thing you've talked about throughout the year, it's pretty well chronicled, is that the depth uh, that the Cubs minor league program has. Is that, you know, there's some really, really top notch prospects up and down the rosters of not just the Cubs, but also their other affiliated teams.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what just happened this week uh, the South Bend Cubs were involved in a trade at the deadline. Jamer Candelario was traded from the Nationals to the Cubs at the big league level, and in exchange, South Bend, we lost our starting shortstop, a 20-year-old mm. named Kevin Made. Well, here's mm-hmm. what happened in response to that, Coach. The Cubs sent us their first-round pick from last month, a guy by the name of Matt Shaw out of Maryland. He was the Cape Cod League MVP last year, and you know the Cape Cod mm-hmm. League. That is historical, right. and that's prideful. Uh, Matt Shaw signed for over four million dollars with the Cubs now he's playing here in South Bend Uh, and they sent us another infielder named Josh Rivera Josh Rivera was the third round pick coach of the Cubs this year out of the University of Florida Um, so be it South Bend we lost our starting shortstop Kevin Maté but we picked up Two infielders, Mm -hmm. Matt Shaw and Josh Rivera, (laughs) each drafted in the first three rounds this year. So you lose something, but you gain it all back at the same time.
1: Which uh, obviously points toward the commitment from the big club uh, to provide quality players. Uh, They benefit, obviously, with reps and opportunities. Uh, It's a great relationship.
0: Well, absolutely. And, you know, Jed Hoyer, the Chicago Cubs president of baseball operations, coach, it was pretty cool when we got our rings out at spring training in Arizona from last year's championship. We didn't know this was going to happen, but Jed mm-hmm. Hoyer, again the president of baseball operations for the Cubs, showed up at the ring ceremony and gave a speech to the guys. So I think that tells you what you <laughs> need to know about how much the Cubs mm-hmm. care about their minor leaguers. And heck, you know when the when the head honcho show showing up at a minor league ring ceremony. I think that tells you that uh, the Cubs take this pretty serious.
1: Well, it tells you that uh, you know you, you win with class. You always have and you always will. And then when you, you, know, you can see it firsthand what a classy group they are, you understand why you want to be a part of it, and you fully understand why they're successful.
0: Uh, no doubt about it. And, of course, the hope now is that, you know, the guys that have won the championships over the years, they can go up to Chicago and pay dividends. I mean, Coach, it's a yeah. pretty cool story. Uh, there's a guy from last year's South Bend Cubs team that was just called up to the Chicago Cubs. His name is Daniel right. Valencia. Uh, big right-hander, throws 102 out of the bullpen. He was a starter on last year's championship team, Coach, and the Cubs have brought him up already at 22 years old to work wow. out the bullpen. Wow. Again, a fastball that averages at 102 MPH. Yikes, uh, he's the real yikes. deal. Real deal.
1: <laughs> All right, can you hang on to the scoreboard update?
0: A- absolutely, Coach.
1: I'll look forward to it. Brendan King and I'll come back talk some more ball after the scoreboard update on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
2: With this Indiana Sports Doc Scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Final update of the night, so let's highlight all the scores from today. This afternoon, the Atlanta Braves shut out the Chicago Cubs 8 to nothing. Austin Riley, Sean Murphy, and Marcelo Zona, each with home runs in the win for Atlanta who is 70 and 37 on the season. The Cubs are 56 and 54. The Cleveland Guardians get three hits out of Andres Jimenez, including a home run, and their 4-2 to win over the Chicago White Sox. Logan Allen picked up his fifth win after going six innings and he surrenders two runs. Emmanuel say picked up his 29th save of the season. Guardians are 53 and 56. White Sox are 43 and 67. The Tampa Bay Rays improved to 67 and 45 after shutting out the Detroit Tigers 8 to nothing. Tigers are now 48 and 61. The Cincinnati Reds losing streak extends to four games after they fall in extra innings to the Washington Nationals 6 to 3 Joey Manessis hit a game time two-run home run in the top of the 8th inning and Lane Thomas hit a two-run home run in the top of the 10th to make it 6-3 the Reds are 59 and 53 they still trail the Milwaukee Brewers in the NL Central by a half a game. The Colorado Rockies defeat the St. Louis Cardinals tonight, nine to four. Nolan Alernano and Nolan Gorman each had home runs. Gorman had two. Cardinals are forty-eight and sixty-three. Rockies forty-three and sixty-six. South Bend Cubs defeat the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers five to three. The Great Lakes Loons defeat the Fort Wayne tin Caps eight to four, and the Indianapolis Indians fall to the Gwinnett Stripers five to three. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Brendan King
1: rejoins me, voice of the South Bend Cubs. Cubs get a win today. Who are we playing tomorrow? Remind me who we're playing. We're playing
0: uh,
1: – who are we playing yeah, tomorrow coach, night?
0: Yeah, same, uh, same six-game series rolls on, Coach. It's game five against the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. They're the Midwest right. League affiliate. Of the Milwaukee Brewers, based out of good old Appleton up north in Wisconsin.
1: Do I like their logo?
0: No, that's the that's the Beloit one. Those are the Sky Carp, oh, but very okay. very close.
1: Dude, I'm telling you what. How do you not like the Sky Carp? Seriously, oh, <laughs> I mean, come so on now. 15th
0: america's team you kidding
1: me it should if it isn't it should be that's that's for sure so uh we feel good again to recap we feel good about our chances getting in the playoffs again kind of a similar scenario to a year ago
0: it's very similar it's very similar um the only difference is that there's probably four teams that are viable for it coach you know last year down the stretch in august Right. Last year down the stretch in August, it was really us and one other team. But I will say, Coach, when you're on a playoff chase in the game of baseball, all you can worry about is yourself. If you're winning yeah. a series, and yeah. again, with the way things work nowadays, you play six-game series against everybody. So let's go back a week ago. We were in Peoria. We took four of six games from the Chiefs, who are right. currently in that playoff spot. Right? So... And now this week, we're playing Wisconsin, another team we're chasing. Uh, We have taken two of the first three. We can uh, make it three of the first four, actually. We can win the series now tomorrow. So if you are consistently winning these series against the teams that you are chasing, Coach, not always, but a lot of times, things are going to fall your way. And that's what it's going to have to take over the last month or so.
1: All right. When am I? Uh, when am I going to see you? When are you in Indy? When are you coming back?
0: Yeah. Uh, so we again, we got about a month to go, and I'll be. Uh, I'm, I'm not traveling on a couple road trips coming up here, so I'll be down and about. But I will be back, coach, again for my sixth year on this program, Indiana Sports Talk, in the middle of September. Cannot wait.
1: So, uh, were you born in 1994?
0: I was born in November of 1994, so I think I just missed the start of the show.
1: You, but you, you, you might be the only one working currently working on the show, and I don't, I haven't authenticated this, but you might be the only one who was not born. Who was born prior to the start of the show? You might be the only one. Everybody else, no, Nathaniel wasn't. I mean, most of the people who work on the show are are not thirty yet. So, how do you think that makes me feel? For heaven's sakes, I'm I'm well, I'm certainly uh, older than thirty.
0: <laughs> I think you're trying to I think you're trying to call me the old man on the scoreboard update, bunch, but no. Thankfully, uh. Thankfully, I only turned 29 this year. So, yeah, I was born in November of 94. And, uh, no, that's cool, Coach. I mean, the historical fashion of this show, I mean, I've learned so much over the years. And all the people that have gotten to appear on it, you know, the legendary voices that you hear around the state. I mean, I I see Paul Condry a ton up here in South Bend, obviously. I know he's a legend on this show. Yeah. 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 So, I I mean, listen, it's – it's more than an honor to be part of this, and I can't wait for another campaign on it. Your 30 is going to be a special one. I hope so.
1: I hope so, Brendan King. Brendan, great job as always. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Thanks for the call.
0: Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. 30 years is a long time now. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, thankful to be on, excited about What's happening two weeks from tonight? That's the opening night of high school football. It's kind of how we got this thing started 30 years ago. Focusing on that. All right, final break, final thoughts on the opener of Season 30 on Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. All right, so a couple weeks from tonight, we start uh, high school football. It'll be our 30th time doing that. We're excited, uh, clearly excited. It's an exciting time. Um, we've been fortunate to uh, be able to do this as long as we have because people go to games. We think We all know the routine. You go to games and then games over, jump in your car turn on your uh, radio. These great uh, uh, stations around the state that bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night are almost all doing high school sports and that's how we kind of got this thing going back in 1994. The concept was Network Indiana stations around the state uh, do high school sports, football and basketball, in addition to other sports. And um, the idea was we can come in, present some more programming from post-game until midnight, and help our affiliated stations generate more revenue. And that's what we've been able to do. And along the way, um, we've had a whole lot of fun. So uh, just glad to be a part of it. Glad for the opportunity after uh, my coaching career uh, ended. And so it's kept me in it. Uh, It's allowed me to meet and work with tremendous people and have a little bit of fun along the way. So that's the game plan. Tonight, we're just blessed to have some great guests. So let me talk about tomorrow night, we're going to have Greg Rakestraw with us uh, early on, talk some Colts football. Mark James will rejoin us. We'll talk about uh, IndyCar down in Nashville. Adam Alexander from uh, Fox Sports 1 will be with us Talking about NASCAR. We haven't had our NASCAR fix. Uh, The legendary Paul Condry will join me tomorrow night and talk about our favorite topic, high school football. The uh, legendary, speaking of legendary, the uh, 2023 Indiana Football Digest is out. I have a copy, my copy right here in my hands. My thanks to Paul for... Putting it in the mail and sending it to me, and it is uh, the fun magazine. If you're a football fan, and I know a lot of you are, you need to have, if you don't already have it, your copy of the Indiana Football Digest, because in it you will have all uh, you'll have information about each one of our high, high schools, their schedules, their key players, uh, and other great information. It also uh, covers your college uh, programs around the state. So it's a must-have publication, great source of information. Uh, I literally cannot do uh, Indiana Sports Talk during the football season without it. Uh, It is that important to what we do on the show, what I do on the show. And so um, Paul is a close friend, wonderful guy. My thanks to Nathaniel Finch. And Eddie Garrison, great job as always. Thanks to our great stations around the state that bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night. And thanks to all of you for making us the most listened-to sports talk show in our state's history. It is the history-making, legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.